great moments are born from great opportunity. So you're telling me there's a chance. You suck compared to me. So you guys are two prep school white guys with the podcast. We are underdogs. They stay ready so you aren't going to get ready. I I haven't even told anybody this. This is kind of crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Longshot Podcast. I am your host, Davis Reed, and we have a good one for you this week. Brian Scalabrini, a.k.a. The White Mamba, a.k.a. Mr. Celtic, a.k.a two-time guest of the Longshot Pod, uh, stopped by to try and help me make sense of the Wild Heat Celtics series that is now tied 2-2. He is very pro-Boston. I refer to him as Mr. Celtic during the interview. He throws a little shade at the heat, but it's all in good fun. I wanted him to come on the pod for that reason. So we just talk about what's happened, games one through four, what he expects to see moving forward, uh, I think you guys will very much enjoy it. So here is Brian. Hello and welcome to the Long Shot Podcast. I'm Duncan Robinson, one of the greatest shooters to ever live. I catch and shoot better than any other player. And today our special guest is none other than not a great shooter, but a good guy is Brian Scalabrini. Wow. Woo. Round of applause over here. That was pretty good. You brought <laughs> a, you brought a flair. You brought a flair that he does not ever bring. He's always very monotone. Sure. You brought, you brought a, you brought a, you also introed yourself, which is legendary stuff. Uh, I don't, I don't love that you uh, insulted your shooting. We're not, we're about building each other up on this podcast. So I will give you your flowers and say that you were a phenomenal shooter. Uh, I agree. Duncan is maybe one of the best that's ever done it. Uh, But there's a reason that we talked about this on your first appearance. There's a reason that you lasted, you know, as long as you did in the league. It's because you could also put it in the hoop uh, pretty easily. Yeah, nothing like that guy though. <laughs> Haven't seen much of it. I saw it the other, I saw it the other night. It was interesting to see Duncan out there, but I don't know what happened to my boy. <laughs> well, it is, you know, Mark Jackson. Some of I think Van Gundy. Some of the guys on the call were saying. You don't want to let him see too many go in. I know it's no. garbage time. It was a 30-point game pretty much the entire second half. But you let him see a couple go down, things might get rolling a little bit. Yeah, he, he's, he has that ability. I've, it's it's amazing. This is what I do. because You know, I, I do – I'm an analyst for the Boston Celtics. So my eyes are trained to watch coaches. If something happens, my eyes will go to a coach. Because I want to see. Like, there's always an overreaction meter, right? And – of some players I've seen out there, Duncan Robinson, you know, I think a lot of like Kyle Korver would be another one. There's a huge overreaction meter when those guys get free before, like when they get free, my eye goes to the coach and I'm looking at it and like, there's a, a worry. Like if this guy makes this shot, what is about to happen to my team? And you'll notice guys will bang timeouts when those guys make shots, because they, I think they understand the catastrophic events that could unfold afterwards so shooting is yeah. a big deal in this league a huge deal and, and you know so i should say I, I wanted to bring you on this podcast actually duncan and i wanted to bring you on this podcast this week to try to make sense of the madness that has been this celtics heat series like you said you're doing uh you're calling the celtics game so who better to come on and and talk through this with me it's been i think especially for the heat making shots and especially from three is such a key to them being successful against Boston. I mean, they, you guys, I, I don't know, maybe I should, I'll, I'll refer to you guys as Boston. I'm going to loop you sure. to the, right. to the 
Yeah, that's fine. I think that's you're fine. like you're like Mr. Celtic. So I'm sure gonna, you guys uh, just defensively sort of took another step in Game Four, where it was just really hard for the Heat to score, and it seems like. You know, the Heat have struggled from three all playoffs. They lead the NBA in three-point percentage in the regular season. And now in the playoffs, they're shooting like 32% from three. So I do not hide my bias on this podcast. I try to be as objective as possible. But getting our guy, being Duncan, in there to hit threes in big moments, it, it seems like something that can happen. And if it does happen, just breaks the or, or turns the Miami Heat into a completely different beast on offense. Do you see that too? Yeah, so the way I like it's um the way I look at it is so if and I'm not trying I'm not I love the Miami Heat I love the way that they do it the development of players all that good stuff right and I like Gabe Vincent as a player I love his story where he came from where he's at right now but like I don't think that Gabe Vincent is a great fit for Duncan Robinson what I do think is. I mean, don't get me wrong. He can make shots. They can make they can make shots. But like in the playoffs, the way I look at it, if Kyle Lowry is healthy and able to go, like he's a great uh, connector for a Duncan Robinson. I think if you put the Heat starters out there, and it's no it's no mystery. Like Kyle Lowry returns. Max Strus had his best game of the series. Uh, PJ Tucker had his best game of the series. Bam Adebayo had his best game of the series. So like. There is a connection there. And I think with Kyle Lowry being out, I think it did hurt Duncan Robinson. So I, I do think that for the Heat to be at their best, they have to be able to figure out defensively how to stop the Celtics, which at times, you know, like when they take their foot off the gas, then there's, there's a, they're able, you are able to guard them, but they don't have enough scoring in the half court. So I would probably look more towards playing, connecting Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry together and seeing how, you know, 15 minutes of that would work. Might even put them both on there at the same time. But um, I, I think that Duncan Robinson's uh, rotational minutes have been hurt by not playing with Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, you know, first of all, Gabe, uh, he there was a play. It might have been, I think it was subtle. It probably went over... A lot of people's heads but i think it was van gundy or mark jackson called it out on the on the call there was a play in transition where gabe could have had a wide open layup but he dumped it back to duncan for a layup and it was his first basket of the game just to see one go through uh -huh. and i do think gabe has that he has that quality that i think you're talking about with kyle where it's like it's that point guard thing that you can't really put your fingers on, but it's just like that feel. Like, and, and I think that was an example of it. Like, yes, does does Gabe do it at the level that Kyle does? Probably not. But I think that was an example of, hey, let's get our shooter a feel. Let's get him to see one go through because that little stuff matters. And, and then I think it's no accident that Duncan then sees a couple of threes go through a couple minutes later, sure. just getting the ball. Because, you know, you, uh, you maybe can relate to this. You know, there are so many, Duncan's had this weird rotation these playoffs where He'll come in in the first half and play like four or five minutes, get one shot up, and it's the one time he touches the ball, and then he's back on the bench. So in his role, you know, there's times where he's just sort of running corner to corner, especially when he's out there and Bam's not out there. They're not running that DHO action. So he'll be out there for a couple minutes and not get to touch the ball. So I think those little instances where Gabe realizes, okay, let's give him the ball on a fast break – now all of a sudden, okay, you can see one go through. And when you're a shooter, you don't get to touch the ball that much. Sure. I think that stuff matters a lot. But 
ultimately, like the Celtic defense is so good. Their only way that you're going to be able to break these guys down is by high level passing and moving. And like, I, I, I like Gabe Vincent. Like I said, I'm not trying to like disparage him or anything like that. I just, I just think like Kyle Lowry comes out and he has to move it and he has to get every, other people involved and they have to play off a of movement or they're not going to be able to score enough. If the Celtics don't throw the ball away 24 times and Miami doesn't have 19 live ball turnovers, it's a three, one lead the other way. And you know, like Miami's fortunate to be two, two, and I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm really not, but it's just like, they don't have enough right now to score in the half court. They need to do more. And I think like Kyle Lowry is that piece with more shooting, but then you have to answer the question. Yeah. And another thing I'm not trying to do is question Eric Spolstra. I think he's the best coach in the NBA. I, I personally, I think that Spolstra is an elite coach, but they don't have enough scoring. They need to figure it out. And the one thing that will open up the floor is guys that can shoot and shoot off the move. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they make a, an adjustment. I just feel like Miami, ha it's a 2-2 series. And maybe I'm wrong. Hey, listen, I could be. It's a 2-2 series. But I feel like Miami has to make like some type of, I don't want to call it a Hail Mary, but some type of desperate move to try to do something to, and, it's, and it sounds weird, it's 2-2 and they have home court advantage to get back into the series because right now the Celtics, I, I feel like they're better defensively. They rotate better. They have better one-on-one -on -one players. They have better decision makers. And I, and I said the Miami heat all year, I thought they were the best passing team in the NBA. And that a lot of times when people pass the ball, you have to make shots. And in like, in our minds, it clicks, right? Wow. Look at the ball. move. No one says, man, look at the ball movement as they miss a shot. You, know, you have to make the shot. Right. So I think that with their ball movement, with their pace and space and all that stuff, and they're junking up the game with one, three, one defenses and all that, that's the only way for them to get back in the game. But it comes in at a price. You have to be able to make shots and move and do it off the move. You are not beating the Celtics one-on-one -on -one and which is simple kick out. You have to move the ball. And that's, and I'm surprised that Miami hasn't gone down that road yet. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. And I do think that, uh Zach Lowe, I mentioned this on his podcast, I think it was today, that the Heat's half-court offense in this series has been, it would have been like bottom three in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, it's atrocious. Season. It, For sure. It's been, it's been bad. And so I hear what you're saying. They need to get out in transition. They have to score in transition. They have to hit shots. They have to have guys in the game who can hit shots to open things up for them. The Celtics, when they've had Robert Williams and Al Horford on the floor together, have just been... The, the Heat haven't been able to break that defensively in the half court. So I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I understand what you're saying. And and I do, again, I'm not here, I'm not hiding my bias here. I do think that's where a guy like Duncan can come in and, and be valuable. The other thing, though, you know, I think it's credit to the Heat. Look, the, the weakness of the Celtics has been that they can't hold on to the ball at times. And it's it's been a serious problem. And the Heat are one of the best in the league on the defensive end of the ball. The Celtics are too, but the Heat force those turnovers. Mm -hmm. Guys like they can bring it, they bring in guys like Victor Oladipo, who was phenomenal on the defensive end in game three. So that is another area where, look, you're right. Are the Heat gonna beat the Celtics if it's one-on-one -on -one isolation half court series moving forward? No, probably not. But to your point, I think if Spolstra can find ways to junk things up defensively, they can continue to force turnovers. That is their their route to winning. How do you see game five going? Like, do you, is there a, do you see anything in that they can do in game five to make Miami? that case? Is it continuing? Yeah. Continuing to mix up defenses. Is it like, is that zone been effective in your opinion? Like what can they do to keep 
Boston on their heels. That, that No, it's the question is, what can they do? It's like, how many different ways can you keep them on their heels? It's, it's clear as day to me. And I don't get why the Celtics ride the roller coaster, but if you ever watch, you watch the Golden State Warriors play, man, if you didn't have a scoring bug, a scoring bug is that little bug on the screen that shows you the time and score. You would never really know what the score is with the Warrior game. You, the Warriors play, they move the ball, they cut, they drive, they kick, they move it. They can turn the ball over five times in a row. They can make five threes in a row. They're going to play the exact same way. If, if, when the Celtics play free, getting out, ball movement, I call them singles, right? You hit a single, hit another single, hit another single, hit another single, hit a shot. So when the Celtics play like that, the Miami Heat can't beat them. But for whatever reason, the Celtics love downshifting, right? They get up, all of a sudden, they start walking the ball up the court. Like Derek White would dribble the ball like 18 times the other night. Like, like no, you, you want to just like keep moving that thing, like soften up the defense. So I don't know why the Celtics like go in and out of that. But if I'm the Miami Heat, I'm thinking if I'm Eric Spolstra, how many different ways can I get them on their heels? How many different ways can I make it so I'm, I'm not in rotation? And if they can do that, they have a chance because that leads to seven seconds on the shot clock and a player, who, who whoever it is, whether it's Tatum, Brown, Derek White, Smart, whoever, going one-on-one with six seconds on the shot clock. And then, you know, Kyle Lowry slaps down the ball, P.J. Tucker bodies up, whatever it is. That leads to a turnover, which leads to a fast break point or a fast break opportunity or just being in transition, which puts the Celtics in rotation for them to now get a great shot. So if I'm Eric Spolstra, how many different ways can I continue to keep the Celtics on their heels? And a lot of times it's like taking really good shots, right? So you have good floor balance and you can get back. Maybe pulling guys off the offensive glass. It's just another area in which they've dominated. You know, with yeah. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and P.J. Tucker. So you have to ask yourself, like, how do I slow this team down? And whatever different ways you can pick. And it's not going to be one, because if you do one thing, then they're just going to make an adjustment to it. So you have to find different ways to make sure that Celtics are walking the ball up the floor. And maybe that's getting guys back. Maybe that's taking more take fouls. Like, whatever it is, you get the Celtics flowing, you're not going to uh, – Miami Heat are not going to beat them. If you get the Celtics, you know, kind of slowing uh, – going slow and moving the ball and trying to find a matchup, then the Heat have a chance. I get the sense, and correct me if I'm wrong, I get the sense that your sentiment is that the Celtics are are beating themselves this season. No, not, not fully. Because I give, you get 19 steals in a game, you're legit. 19 to oh, two? Yeah. Oh my God. Like, I value, like, I'm not one of these guys that, see, People who look at offense, that's what they do. Because they look at it like like the Celtics are making shots and they're turning it over. Turnovers are bad for the Celtics, yes. But don't discredit Kyle Lowry has some of the greatest hands in the NBA. P.J. Tucker is in the league making an impact for a reason. That man can guard. He's got, he's got great body position and great activity with his hands. Jimmy Butler, another one. Bam Adebayo, another one. So... I value the defensive intensity. That's my point with the C's is sometimes like NBA players are just like this for whatever reason. They try to make big plays for the Celtics. They have to commit to making small plays like hitting, hitting and cutting through 
Get the ball to the corner. Make another simple play. When a guy is open, hit that guy. He might not be open for an assist. It might be bop, bop to another play. That is hard for NBA players to do consistently. 103 possessions in a game. These guys aren't trained to make simple plays. Like, they're trained to be high-level players, right? So, I, I think if you try to go high-level against the Miami Heat, you're in trouble. But if you play simply, simple plays, add it up, keep moving that thing. Because, by the way, Brad Stevens, he built a team with – Eight guys, well, seven guys that can shoot and seven guys that can deck it and seven guys that can make a good decision. Now, that they're all different. You know, some are better than others, but they all do that. That's And that's the future of the NBA. The future of the NBA is not specialist. And, you know, like that's it's, it's about it's about being able to do something great but also at attacking the paint and moving it or attacking the paint and, and shooting a floater or dumping off. And the way the Celtics play when they're at their best is that. But I give the Miami Heat all the credit in the world. Those guys are I, – I look at myself. If I was playing in that series, I would never challenge any of those guys. Man, their hands are so good, and that's what makes them so great defensively. Yeah. It's interesting that you say – because I, I agree with you. You probably have a better pulse on this than most people, but it does – seem like the guys who are able to make the simple plays are often the most effective. And I remember that reminds me, it's something you said the first time you came on this pod last year is the teams that go the furthest in the playoffs are the teams that have guys who are willing to get off the ball. For because sure. It's the more that ball's moving and the Warriors are a perfect example of this. And it's maybe it's like you said, that score bug, they don't look at it. They're just playing basketball and they're flowing. But that oftentimes, I mean, when that ball gets sticky, unless you've got ultimate, ultimate talent, yeah, Kevin Durant. Kevin, that's yeah. it. Like Giannis, maybe Kevin Durant, like those type of guys. And and by the way, by the way, how many of those guys are in the NBA right now? Like there's right. those guys, those elite one-on-one throw, throw DeMar DeRozan in there. But even then when he was yeah. killing, they were struggling to win games. So yeah, man, like the game is changing. I don't know when people are going to start realizing this. This is the physical matchup defense, scramble defense, simple play game. That adds up to, wow, look at where we're at right now. Yep. And Luca's maybe the best example of the guy who's still in the playoffs that does that at the highest level, but he creates the best shot opportunities for his, you know, for his teammates in the NBA. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I want to ask about the the just the massive sways in this Heat Celtics series, and especially the early jump on mm-hmm. you know because there have been two games where the Heat get out to massive leads, there have been two games where the Celtics get out to massive leads. It feels like we haven't had that nail biter wire to wire game yet for teams that are competing yeah, no, at such I mean, a high level. Yeah, you're you're right, but like the reasoning, the why of of the question, like to me, like I feel like. Both, okay, both. Te- Here's the problem. When and I just I kind of mentioned this as we're up to this point in the pod, right? When a team gets up, they they play free, they play easy, they 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 go to a certain point like they're they're like moving it, everything's going well, either the crowd's behind you or whatever. Like that's that's what you want. It's go watch a run. 
it isn't amazing play after amazing play. Go go watch any run that any team does. More times than not, it's like a bunch of little things that lead to that. And I think when things go south for a team, I believe that teams, like when, when the things go south for the Celtics, let's, let's use game one, third quarter. They kept giving the ball to Jason Tatum. Jason, save us. And like, that doesn't work. The Miami Heat are flowing. They're like, they're, they're running off of turnovers. And you give the ball to one guy to save you. Like, what you really should have been doing is like, like, and I, it's kind of sounds crazy, but like, all right, let's get five passes. Let's try to hit the paint three times. Let's just like, let's just move that thing around so all five guys touch it. And then whatever happens on that possession, we're fine with it. But like coaches go the other way. Well, Jason Tatum is our best player. Give him the ball and he'll save us, you know. And Miami probably would try to do the same thing. Things aren't going well. Give the ball to Kyle Lowry. He'll set something up. Like I actually think and that's why I keep commending the Warriors. And this is why. And, and by the way, this is new to the NBA. And it has to do with the physicality in the NBA. So you think just think about the mentality of the defense. So the defense right now, they're out, they're flowing, they're making shots. The crowd is in it. They're going to be all jacked up defensively. And now they can be physical with the player. They can put hands on players. So let's go a year ago. So many times, this is why the NBA sucked last year. It sucked. So, um, and by the way, the finals were great. Like Milwaukee and Phoenix was a great series. The physicality came back in. But think about this year. So, so now there's a run. All of a sudden, you know, the crowd, is, which wasn't available because it was a pandemic, but like you're, you're jacked up and you touch a guy and then there's a foul. So there's no run. Now, another one, you're like, all right, let's get a stop. And there's another foul. Now they're allowing you to play through that. So that's where you're getting these ebbs and flows because there's so much energy. So how do you combat physicality? Well, you combat it with ball movement. You combat it with simplicity, simplic- simple move, simple plays, singles, I call them singles. So you come down, it's like, what if you just go guard to guard, guard to wing, cut through, replace, swing? I guarantee you, you're going to get a good shot on that possession. But that's just not the mentality. The NBA has been going on for so many years. These coaches are hardwired a certain way. So what they need to think is like, all right, let's go. Let's move that thing around. Let's move that thing around. Like we got to get, we got to get right. But a lot of people would feel bad or if, if it's your fifth best player taking a three, when all of a sudden, you know, the team is on a 12 2 run. No, it has to be your best player, which I, I kind of disagree with that unless I have like some super Kevin Durant out of this world, individual player. So that's why I think the flows, it, it, it happens that way. Timeouts can save you. You know, usually a big bucket can save you. I remember when I played, anytime you made a run on the San Antonio Spurs, Popovich would go punch. He'd throw the ball to Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan would get you a bucket. Well, we're not in that era anymore. That's not how it works anymore. Like, like if we give the ball to Jason Tatum and P.J. Tucker knows he's going to shoot it, that's not going to be good for Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum is nasty, man. That, that man can score it. But, like, that's P.J. Tucker on the other end with the crowd behind him, and he's allowed to be physical. And referees are humans, too. They're not going to just call some ticky-tacky foul when the crowd is in it and the team's on a 10-0 run. That's not how it works. So I think you, the, NBA, the new age NBA is go back to singles. This is why – like I currently believe that the Warriors are like a step ahead of everybody because, like I said, no matter what happens, they're just going to play. They're not going to give the ball to Steph Curry and say, go ISO for us. That's just not how they go. They might move around and emphasize Steph Curry, but they're not just going to go down and, hey, Steph, go score on so, so-and-so to help us out right here. You watch? Do you watch the Warriors and think, yeah, 
I could fit right into that offense. It'd be seamless. No, I don't. I never. I don't do that anymore. I don't. I'm, I'm tell you right now, like. I was an anomaly. I was a power forward that could shoot threes and really move it. There's seven, there's centers in the NBA that do that now. You know what I mean by that? Sure. So I might not even, like, I might not get the chance because I'm 6'9", not that long and not that athletic. If You know, like, me being an an elite decision maker at the time allowed me to have, like, a, a niche in this league. That's not even a niche anymore. Everybody has to be able to do that. So unless, remember, I also grew up playing on the playgrounds and not, I didn't play AAU. I didn't have a personal trainer. So you got to understand, like, it's a totally different uh, environment. Like the way that we grew up versus the way that these guys uh, grow up. Like my daughter plays AAU. My daughter has probably played 100 AAU games. I played seven in my whole life. And she's 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, a couple things. One, I think, yeah, the game has changed, but you deserve a little credit for being one of the guys that helped it change. Uh, two, I totally agree with you. I took a cold bath this morning, and then it just made me want to get better. Like, I just wanted to go for a run. I wanted to eat healthy. And I thought, you know, it's amazing when, the, you know, these athletes are amazing athletes, don't get me wrong, but when your job is to take care of your body and sure. you get all the best treatment in the world, the masseuses, the hot tubs, yeah. cold tubs, it's just, it does make, it's got to make things a whole lot easier. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and and uh, we didn't even know about that stuff, you know, like, it was so, you know, like back in the 80s, those guys like smoke, uh, drink beer after games, like they thought that was a good recovery. <laughs> and then in the 70s, they smoked cigarettes, you know, like, like it's, it's, and that's the whole point. Like you can't compare eras, by the way, I really believe that like you, like, you know, I, you can't compare this era versus that era. You can't compare last season to this season. So forget yeah. about the 10 years ago, 20 years ago. No, last year, what Trey Young was able to do during the playoffs, he is ineffective this year because the rules have changed. So when people say, well, who's the goat? Like it's, I think Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. I personally do, but yeah, it is so hard to compare that Bulls team to like teams that play nowadays. But, but that team into now, that team would struggle right off the jump. But any good team into then, that team would struggle with the physicality. That's just the way it goes. Right. Yeah. Do you, when you look back on your playing career, do you, what, does anything stand out to you as like, oh God, things have changed. And I'm not even talking off on the court. I'm actually more curious than off the court. It's like, oh my God, things have changed so much. So I don't know how it is anymore, but I, I guess from my dealings with teams, like we used to bust each other's balls. Like, no, it was like every day, every minute we would like go at each other, you know, what you wearing, what you did last night, what you did, what you that Like, it was nonstop, right? On the court, off the court, on the plane, on the bus. I guess nowadays, that's not, like, really a thing. Like, people don't do that anymore, which is kind of odd to me. So that's the one thing where I'm like, wow. Like, you, you, when I you, – you're going to know, like, of my friends, you know I like you when I'm busting your balls. <laughs> like, if I don't do that, if I – hey, how you doing? Everything good? How's your family? I really don't like you that much, you know? <laughs> But if I'm by, if I'm my, you know, busting your chops or whatever, you're gonna know like, yeah, Scal, he likes me. But in today's game, I heard it's a little bit different. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but man, from top to bottom, man, I remember back in the day, everyone used to bust each other's balls. It uh, it makes sense why you're so nice to me. I uh, I think that. <laughs> 
I, I would imagine social media has something to do with that. I'm, like, I'm sure it does. I think things just get people just jump on things so quickly, and then narratives start to yeah build, and it just becomes this this whole thing. Uh, speaking of social media, before you go, because I know you you've got a time, I uh, I do want to mention the Long Shot Pod hit a milestone last week in that we had our first YouTube video break a million views. Oh wow! And it was a breakout from your first appearance. Seriously. So, Round of hey, applause for you. I got to hey, give you a shout out. I, You're getting us clicks out the wazoo. When I, uh, when I was like, I'm so fascinated by Duncan Robinson, the story and everything like that. Like I could interview him for days and find out. And I could, I really like, I'm in the AAU world now and it's like, you shouldn't be in that world, but I just love basketball so I can do it. Like I, I, I so like his story. I want to tell people his story and show people that you guys are all worried about all the wrong stuff. You just got to worry about getting better. If you worry about this college or yeah. that college or NIL or whatever it is, it's just focus on improving, improving your mind, improving your body, improving your skill, and everything will work itself out. And I, I'm not saying that that's what Duncan did, but I use his example of like a guy who just kept working and uh, doors opened up. I just, I just, I think it's such a fascinating story. Yeah. And I think, I think it relates to everything too, right? Like it's not just basketball. It's not just sports. It's so hard to block the noise out and just focus on you and try to get better every day. Even if it's 1%, what's the saying? 1% better every day or whatever yeah. we yeah. say brick by brick on this podcast. I think you're absolutely right. And that goes for anything that you're doing is like, it's, sure. it, it really is that simple sometimes. Yeah. It's not going to, it doesn't come overnight and people are impatient and people get just like, Another thing that's really weird, if people get discouraged by other people's opinion, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I'm like an analyst. This is what I do for a living. I make money doing this, right? Like, I'm going to be right and I'm going to be wrong. And I'm going to like a kid and I'm going to not like a kid. I love Josh Jackson coming out of the draft. And now Josh Jackson is having a hard time being in the league, you know? Like, like how many good players are coming up and, and how many, like, the, the lottery and the number one pick. Like, the number one pick could be all right, but he could suck. You never know. Injuries come into play. Mentality comes into play. Some guys never become winning players. Some guys, some guys become uh, incredible stars like LeBron. It's just, I, it, it, most of it has to do with mentality, work, perseverance, all that other stuff. And I wish, yeah. I wish kids knew more about that than what they probably think this thing is about. Yep. No, I agree. All right. Last, last thing before you go. We're, t we're two, two in this Celtics heat series. I looked this up this morning. I didn't know this in 2008 in that 2008 championship run, you guys were two, two in every series in the Eastern conference, first sure. round, second round, third round, it was two, two. So what do you see happening game five? What are the emotions like going into a game five? That's a pivotal, pivotal game in those two, two series. Yeah. I mean, I, a lot of times you're not like into the big emotions of like the swing of it. I think you're looking at like, to me, it's you're breaking down how to be effective. The coach tells you something, you realize it, the game plan, you know, you focus your energy and your emotion towards those things. So I'm, I'm guessing the heat try to pick up the tempo and I, I love my Celtics, but I don't, I hope that they play while open and free. So it's open and free, but take care of the ball for the Miami heat. If I'm them, I'm trying to like really spread out the Celtics. Like Celtics are great in rotation. Maybe the best in the NBA, I would say Heat are second and Warriors are probably third. Or you can interchange them however you yeah. want. Being being great at a scramble mode is the key to the league right now. So 
if I'm the Celtics, I'm trying to put Miami in scramble and I'm trying to stay away from scramble. And that is my call from Florida. Thanks, I, y'all. I really appreciate it. Seriously, thank you so much. You got it. <laughs>